0: what's going on everybody before we get started with today's episode just want to give a quick shout out to nordvpn you can use nordvpn to browse the internet privately safely and securely it allows you to unblock all sorts of things such as streaming services in other countries if you sign up today with the gtd sports link which you can find in our bio and on our website you can save up to 70 percent with a money back guarantee so make sure to sign up with the gtd sports link today
1: this is the going the distance podcast
0: Dude, I'm telling you, when I'm driving a fucking Porsche and living on a yacht, you're going to be like, oh, I wish i got gotten in the top guy.
1: You had two picks on two defensive possessions in a row, and you don't win the field position battle? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me?
0: This was a fun show. <laughs> yeah, this is <was> fun. <laughs> Alrighty, Hello, everybody. Welcome in and welcome back to another episode of the Going the Distance podcast. My name is Ryan Benell, and alongside me is my co-host, Elijah Span. Before we get started with today's episode, be sure, as always, to go and check out all of our content over at gtdsports.com, where you can find blogs and our podcast network with some other kick-ass shows. And you'll even find uh, Elijah and myself on there. So go check us out over there, and you can follow us on our personal social medias as well. Over at Ryan Benel 8 and Elijah is at Elijah Span 19. Uh, last but not least, on that note, subscribe to the GTD Sports newsletter at the bottom of our website as well. Actually, I lied. That's not the last note. Be sure to subscribe to us on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, everywhere. We are currently live right now for this Thursday episode. A bit of a weird schedule. Um, we normally do our Thursday episodes live at around 5 p.m. So today is November 4th, for those listening to the audio version. Um, we're live right now at a little bit later time than normal. Work schedules shifted around, had to adjust things. So if this will be a, something that continues, we will let you know in the near future. But yeah. if not, here we are. I know it's during Thursday Night Football. Uh, we're going to get you in and out of here. It's not going to be a super long episode. But just thought we'd you know continue the trend. Got to keep the Taylor Fade going, bro. Got to keep that alive, you know? Got to keep it going. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, hopefully in the future we can do it like six. That'd be chill. Six, yeah, because like I know for me, like I cover a soccer team, and so their season's coming to an end, and you know your work schedule's getting more like concrete, cemented. Like we'll we'll have a better idea of what we'll we'll be able to do going forward. But for now. Today, we're still going to be talking sports, as always. The World Series has come to an end. We'll be touching on our thoughts on the Braves winning, then some NFL antics. So you've already heard, I'm sure, by now, of the Aaron Rodgers vaccination situation, Odell Beckham Jr., all that good stuff. And then we got just some good old-fashioned debates, uh, just a few talking points for Elijah and I to go back and forth on. Maybe we in- we tend to agree on a lot of things, so we'll see how much of a debate that actually turns out to be. And then, of course, as you can tell by the title of this episode, thank you, Dana White, for the gift that keeps on giving, and that is UFC 268. It's going to be a hell of a card. We're going to talk about that, and of course, we're going to end up with Taylor Fade giving our best bets. But before that, let's hit some Would You Rather questions. Elijah, are you still with us? You seem frozen. All right, Elijah is frozen on the screen. Uh, I'm sure he'll be back with us in just a second. But So for now, I'll go ahead and – well, I guess that doesn't really make sense. I was going to do a would-you-rather question, but Elijah is frozen out. So um, let's let's stall a little bit. We'll come back to the would-you-rather questions. I'll I'll go ahead and dive in to some World Series. Uh, As you guys probably are aware – The Braves ended up winning the World Series in six games last night. They had a big, big old fat win, 7-0 in game six in Houston as well. So there's really not much. You probably know Elijah and I aren't big baseball guys. We don't really have any super great analysis to add to everything. But all I got to say is when the Astros lose, America wins and Yes, I may have had money on the Astros to win Game 6 because I thought they were the better team. Do I care? No. Sayonara. That's a 20 bucks I would say goodbye to any day of the week. The Braves needed to win this series for America. I just really wanted it to go to seven games. Now Elias is back with us. We're talking a little bit of World Series. Um, You know, just kind of how I assumed it would go to seven because the Astros are the better team. But the Braves came to play in Game 6, got the job done. My prediction was right, Braves and Six. That's yeah, it's true. It's crazy. I've been scary, accurate,
1: and I've made no money off of it because <laughs> I just don't place it. You got to start betting baseball. when I can't, but no, no, I can't. Well, betting baseball during the regular season is just
0: like I don't know why anyone would do that to themselves.
1: Um, um,
0: degeneracy, fun. And wanting to feel alive, Elijah, oh uh, man, why, okay. it's just it's just anything could happen on any
1: given night. It's just not that's why it's
0: that, awesome. That's why it's that amazing. is why
1: it's awesome. I mean, you could probably make some good money like doing a lot of picking the right dogs because you know, they'll go to like
0: what plus two fifty plus yeah, sometimes, yeah, I, my, so. one of my favorite things to do in baseball betting is I will um, I'll wait until like a favorite, like the Yankees, I don't not the Yankees actually fuck the Yankees, but for example, like the Dodgers or the Giants, if they were down by like three runs in the second inning, their live bet odds would be like plus 400. And I would just hammer that shit and hope for a comeback. And a lot of times they would. So it was good odds. Hey, well, you know, I'm going to do Would You Rather real quick, though, before we. Yeah, let's. Yeah, we can go back. I just, I tried to do the Would You Rather, but then I was like, huh, it's going to be kind of tough like to answer it myself. So, oh, shit. We could skip it. Uh, or... No, let's go ahead and hit him. Let's, let's hit do it. it okay. We'll get back it. into the World Series.
1: All right. So you hear me first. Uh, you go ahead. All right. So, would you rather watch midweek Maxion while having betting the under? So, you bet the under and you have to watch a Maxion game. Um, and it definitely is going to go over, even though the total is going to be at like 60, 70 points. Which is or, what to me this week. Yep, or watch eight hours of ESPN vaccine content because I'm not going to say anything about the vaccine, whatever you get or you don't, whatever. Um, but I've at the office I work at, there's a TV. They have t- two TVs on either side of the room, and they have ESPN on, on all day. And the only thing ESPN talked about was how Aaron Rodgers wasn't vaxxed and lied about being vaccinated. It's all they talked about. And I was like, this is, I don't know. It's, it's, I feel like the, the vaccine talk has gone too far for sports content because it's just like, dude, I, I think Ryan Rossillo said it best. He was like, you know, I think I wish that Rogers was vaccinated, but like, what does ESPN think they're doing? Because like, no person that's unvaccinated is going to be like, hmm, I didn't really want to feel comfortable with the vaccine, but that, um, that first take uh, was really sick. So, maybe uh, yeah. Sick. You know what I mean? Like Stephen A. Smith said, I should get vaccinated, so maybe I should change my mind. It's like
0: I don't think it works that way. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I think there is, to some extent, it is. I get. I think it's important to talk about like the Aaron Rodgers situation, but ESPN has definitely milked it. To answer the would you rather though, uh, would I rather watch eight hours of uninterrupted vaccine content or Maction? Uh I'm taking Maxion, even though Maction. in that. <laughs> In that scenario, I'm gonna be losing money, but Maxion is still electric. So well, at least it'll be somewhat that, entertaining. Yeah, and in the
1: off chance that, you know, the, the under hits. Probably not. Yeah. I bet the under actually betting the under in maxtion games that don't even hit or that do hit still isn't fun because I bet the under in the maxtion championship last year. When is it was at like 69? And um and it
0: was awful, and it hit. <laughs> so, yeah, the uh, Mac Max games are always so ugly, but it's uh, like it's beautifully ugly, if that makes sense. Like it's football it you have to watch. Yes, yeah. it it no, is but weird. like with the Aaron Rodgers thing, I I do think it's necessarily necessary to talk about it in the sense that, like, hey, this was your team's leader. This is one of the greatest players in the league. Supposed to lead by example, type beat. Um, not only. Did he not get the vaccine? Which that would have, you know, that's fine. Do whatever you want to do. Uh, The league had their standards. Other guys like DeAndre Hopkins didn't. There were ways around, you know, to to just do what you wanted to do. But he like, I don't know, lying about it is kind of a big deal, I feel like. And also the fact that he did fucking holistic treatment with like spiritual shit. I thought that was hilarious. I did too. That just makes it. Even I thought better. that was really funny. It's I was so like,
1: funny. when did? I was like, when did Rogers go full hippie? Like, I want to know. Like, Dude, like when he all started of a hanging sudden, out with Miles Teller, bro. I guess so. Or just with his long <laughs> hair. Um, like, like when did he get so out there, just dirty, full on dirty hippie? Because he wasn't always. He wasn't always like you know, full on. Like I knew Rodgers was always kind of out there, but I never pegged him as like a crystals kind of guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I saw one. I saw one tweet that uh, that said Aaron Rodgers heard that the vaccine could protect his family and wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know how he's but, like ventured off from his family. Like they're completely separate. Oh yeah, that tweet was one hundred percent written by a Bears fan. Oh yeah. Still, it's top tier though. I thought it was pretty funny. Top tier, top tier. All right. All right well, my my would you rather isn't. As entertaining, I was having trouble coming up with one this week. Uh my buddy suggested one that was very vulgar, and I almost went with it just because it would have been fucking hilarious. But at the same time, my parents are watching, and you know, my mm. parents would it was never mind and now I've said too much, but uh anyway, would you rather only be able to listen to sports and not watch them for the rest of your life or get to watch sports, but you can never watch any of your favorite teams ever again. Listen, I'd listen easily
1: because uh, sports on the radio is cool. Like baseball on the radio is sick.
0: Baseball I on the think, radio
1: is super Like they're dope. completely um, different. Like, you're I, right. Yeah. And I've been, I've been like on long drives when there's been Cowboys games and listen to Cowboys games with my grandpa. It's awesome. So yeah, easily.
0: I feel like it's easier said than done though, you know? Like, cause you're right, it is cool, like it's a whole nother experience. And you could even say it's like a pastime listening to baseball on the radio and stuff. But if you never had the option to watch it in person, I, I feel like you'd get out of touch with the game, you know? Or like if you had never seen it in person and were only listening to it.
1: Yeah, but I would I would not like not getting to watch like the Cowboys. Play,
0: so. Yeah, exactly like just getting to watch all the random random teams never yeah. yeah, that I would think I think it also depends on the scenario too if like when you couldn't watch your favorite team if you could also like listen or keep up with the scores at least. Yeah. Well, I don't know. If you'd asked me this question
1: at this point last year when the Cowboys were dog shit, I would have said maybe take watching sports still but we're good right now and i'm not missing that shit for the world so
0: fair i wish i could say the same but you know we lost to the fucking jets still five (sighs) yeah still five and three still playoff picture but do it be it's just it, it do it be yeah it's frustrating all right anyway though enough would you rather let's get back to the world series where we were um so as i said when the astros lose america wins braves in six the craziest part about this whole World Series is the fact that the Braves were one of the most unlikely World Series champions of all time. And I didn't even realize this, really, until the postseason came around, uh, that the Braves had a losing record. They were 44-45 and 45 entering the All-Star break and had a 0.3% chance to win the World Series, which is fucking nuts, dude. That would have been... A very, very nice payout if you would have known to put a futures bet on that.
1: So, see, that's there, how you
0: know we're just degenerate gamblers. Cause the first thing my brain exactly went there too. Like, damn, that would have been a good bet. Like, <laughs> right. There must have been somebody out there who, who
1: did it. Hopefully, he didn't have a, enough of other World Series bets to where that made him a profit. But, uh, yeah, man, th- this is a crazy, crazy story. They got hot at the right time. Um, and the fact too is like there's been so many 90 plus win teams and the, the Braves were the like worst team by record to enter in the postseason. there's teams with better records that missed the postseason. So I think that's a crazy thing about baseball and I think it says something about um, the playoff and the playoff race. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily a good thing that the Braves won. I think it's awesome. Don't get me wrong like I'm not like mad that the Braves won. But you do kind of have to look at it and be like, why the fuck do we play 162 games when there's teams that had worse record than the World Series championship, the World Series champions that didn't even go to the playoffs? So.
0: Yeah, I, I still – you can call me – maybe I'm just not traditional enough, but I will never understand why, to this day, baseball is still 162 games. I think if they were to shorten the season, it would validate the playoffs a bit more like you're talking about it would bring in a younger audience that doesn't have the attention span to keep up with 162 regular season games like i just i don't know i think it would improve it would modernize I, the game for sure
1: i think it would too
0: and i mean i love baseball
1: but i'm not going to watch 162 rangers games a year you got me fucked up
0: yeah and i mean it doesn't like it literally doesn't matter if you lose it it just doesn't you can lose and be yeah. like ah We'll be back tomorrow. The only
1: thing I like about the only thing I like about baseball having that many games is that literally I can go to the game. Exactly. The game. Yeah. Like, and it's I'll it's, go it's, to it's a game. more
0: casual experience. Yeah.
1: Right. I'll go to a fucking baseball game six days a week. I don't care. I'll do yeah. It. I know. I agree. I, I could I go to the baseball. ballpark
0: all all the time. Yeah. Going to the yeah. stadium and everything is always a different experience. Right. But yeah. So I don't know. Baseball is baseball. Definitely. Um, should
1: be better. They'll probably—I don't know. Maybe once they get rid of Manfred, they'll figure out ways to really improve their image, especially young people. Because literally, like thirteen-year-olds, twelve-year-olds, like they all care about NBA. I don't think I don't think they watch NBA though.
0: I think they just watch Twitter highlights. Um, yeah, I was about to say I—I I do know though that the NBA is like by kid. far like the the highest growing um, major sports <laughs> league within like the youngest Matt, generation. Shut the fuck up um
1: yeah no it is it is for sure and then but i mean football nfl king right now I and mean, football forever be king but you know baseball's man it's it's kick-ass it's one of the best sports of all time i mean like i will say that nothing is cooler than the shot of the first baseman catching the winning the clinching the title clinching out Have you, you know the shot of freddie freeman yeah and he leans forward and then ah you know like
0: he's, he's smiling like already as the ball already cover, he's like
1: uh you know ah! you see it, you see it every year you know yeah like the uh, you see it with the cubs when they did it in 2016 like literally every single championship team you know that play like nine times out of ten they get the last out instead of like a walk off that would be insane though um uh which has happened um but like that's like that's like one of my favorite sports shots or like just angles camera angles of all time it's the best it makes no i agree yeah just my
0: face just thinking about it i already got goosebumps and shit man like yeah because i remember exactly very vividly the cubs video too whenever they broke the curse that one was probably the most iconic to me because like yeah definitely they broke the curse you know right so but
1: uh yeah that's it's definitely just want to give that shot some love
0: yeah, the Braves, though, just in terms of, again, back to like their journey of how the fuck they even got here. I think it's wild because even when the pre the postseason was starting, nobody really talked about the Braves. Everybody was focusing on the Cardinals that just won 18 games straight. Uh, the Dodgers are the fucking Dodgers. That's all I have to say about them. The Giants were the most unexpected one seed in recent history. Other side... Yeah. Like, they, they just weren't the Astros. You know, everybody's talking about the Astros, like five straight ALCSs, you know. The Nobody Brewers. was really talking about the Braves. Yeah, the Brewers, Brewers had, had, a lot, had a lot of buzz. Yeah, their pitching staff was really hyped up and everything. I I liked ninety five. I thought the Brewers were going to beat the Braves. They had 95 wins. Yeah. I mean, I mean they, they were, were a good, good team.
1: Yeah. So
0: so it is wild. But the craziest part about all this is um, their midseason moves like they're they did everything fucking right cuz coming into the preseason they were picked to finish like top 3, top 4. A lot of people had high expectations for the Braves. They kind of shit the bed at the beginning of the season, and weren't living up to any of those expectations even when Ronald Acuña Jr was healthy. Then Ronald Acuña Jr tore his ACL right before the All-Star break, out for the season, and they went on a mission. They brought in Adam Duvall, they brought in um who else was it? What what's his other the other Jorge guy? Soler. Jock Jock, yeah, Jorge Soler, Jock Peterson. Like they brought in big name guys and they flipped their prospects for him. Like they they played it to the T. They went all in for a World Series and it paid off. Uh, I don't know the the details on the contract situations and whatnot. I don't know how long term they're gonna be able to maintain this lineup, but If you have this lineup with Ronald Acuna Jr. coming back and you add like maybe one pitcher other than Freed, they could compete again. Charlie Morton. Ah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he got hurt.
1: Yeah. Pretty freaking good. And, you know, they got there because of their pitching staff. Like they have a pretty good pitching staff. So I don't don't know, man. It's baseball's baseball's a crapshoot. You'd never really know. And there's not really. Baseball is one game that there's not repeat champions which I which is one thing I really really like about.
0: I yeah, I do too. It's so much harder to go back to back in baseball than any mm-hmm. other sport. So,
1: yeah, probably not, but it is nice to see him do it. Especially for Freddie Freeman, man. That guy's that guy's been with the Braves for forever. He's been through their dog shit years like Yeah. you know, and then finally now that he's in his early I think he's
0: early 30s. They're good and he gets his ring, which is really awesome. Yeah, and like one more point on how you said like teams uh with a worse or teams with a better record than them didn't make the playoffs. There were an MLB record, eleven teams that finished with over 90 wins, yet none of them were on the World Series, which is kind of crazy because the Braves finished with 88. So Damn.
1: That is nuts.
0: Yeah. Wild stuff. Good for the Braves. I'm happy with the result. I mean if it was between anybody in the Astros, I'm going with anybody. So happy Atlanta one. Now let's talk about NFL. Let's get back to our, our bread and butter here. We touched on the Aaron Rodgers vaccine situation, but as Elijah mentioned, it has been on ESPN and everything nonstop. So we don't really want to dive deep into that. But another situation that's going on right now and has also been making headlines is Odell Beckham Jr. is potentially not going to be a Cleveland Brown for much longer. What are your thoughts on this situation? Um, I think he's acting like a baby, Um,
1: (laughs) for one. And another is that I think that some of his struggles really do have to, with him being hurt a lot. Like, the year that he was traded to the Browns, he was coming off a year where he broke his ankle, right? Was that the... The injury that he got with the Giants? I think it was, yeah, something with his foot. So I think it was Zach Eli Manning's last season, I believe. And then he got traded. Yeah, it was Eli Manning's last season because he's never played with Daniel Jones. Um, um, then he got traded to the Browns. And then his Browns first year was very so so. It was his year back from injury. Also, just couldn't get on the same page with Baker. He only had two touchdowns. And then last year, they weren't still not really cutting it and then tore his ACL. And now this year he's been banged up, missing games. And then when he's been back, still just not getting things done. So it's like, I I just don't think he's given Cleveland a fair shot maybe because he's been so often injured. But I do think that he should probably get out because I think, I don't know, just
0: something's just not working out. But at the same
1: time, I think a lot more of it is due to injuries.
0: I, I agree that like the injury situation plays a part, but I, I honestly side with Odell, ironically. Typically, I would be one to like say stop being a bitch, but uh, in this situation, I think maybe he's being a bit dramatic with the whole thing, but I think he has a point. Um, because yes, there's been injuries, but even in his, his fully healthy season with the Browns, he had his lowest receiving yards of any fully healthy season. He had by far his lowest target share. Of any season. And meanwhile. While he was with the Giants. He had four out of five years. With a thousand plus yards. Two of those mm-hmm. he only played 12 games. And he got hurt. One, The one year he didn't hit a thousand. So mm-hmm. it's like seeing. Yeah. And now his production this year. Because yeah you could argue like last year's injury. But just coming back from injury. He has 17 receptions. In six games. And zero touchdowns. Which I. I. I don't know who to put the blame on, you know, because there's so many elements and so many variables in all this shit with football. But from like the clips in the film that I've seen, it definitely seems like Baker Mayfield needs to start finding him more or looking his way more.
1: Yeah. um, well,
0: Yeah. If you watch the video that his dad made. Yeah. well, Yeah. Made. That
1: one in particular. Yeah. Oh my God. That was, such that a was shit so joke. funny though,
0: that he like yeah. actually posted that. What the fuck? You can give shit um you see baker commented on it did you really yeah baker said like you have a point like like we'll we'll do better like we'll try to get better like some basic cliche shit oh well good for baker for not trying to be a dick about it honestly yeah people people don't like Baker.
1: people don't like baker because like he's cocky and like an asshole but that's you know he's trying to make shit better so um you know i think cleveland definitely should have traded obj though because we already knew that obj was like pretty pissed off in the first place you know yeah i just already just this this would.
0: i just didn't think this was a good fit i i don't think this was gonna work out
1: and you know because you really have a point with that because last year after obj got hurt
0: um the browns offense got better yeah which is weird (laughs) yeah i mean they have jarvis landry who's pretty solid i mean you yeah. could say David and Joku's good. Who else do they have? They got, um, what's his name? The young guy, really young guy. Peoples, is that Peoples? <sighs> donovan's Peoples Jones. Yeah, Peoples Jones. Yeah. What a name, it. dude.
1: Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And Browns, I don't know. Like, what are they going to do? Like, are
0: they just going to release them? Or like, are they going to try that- and make things better? Or like, what? That's what I've been trying to figure out, like the exact semantics of the whole situation. Because, like, I've heard he's been sitting out of practices. Um, yeah, since yesterday the trade deadline passed, what
1: yesterday and today,
0: yeah. So he hasn't been practicing and they like dismissed him from practice, so they like let him go. But I, I don't know. And like, with his dad posting the video, uh, apparently he said he wants out of Cleveland, but like. The trade deadline's already passed, bro. What what are you doing? I don't know if he's going to sit out the rest of the season. I can tell you he's not going to play this weekend. I know that. But yeah. beyond that, I really have no clue what's going to Oh, excuse me. Got the hiccups. See? Beyond that, I have, I have no clue what's going to happen. But how yeah. do you think, if he does sit out for the remainder of the year, how do you think this, not only not having OBJ, but just this whole drama situation as a whole is going to affect him? Well, like, he's he's already had his, like,
1: behavioral issues, I guess, with the Giants. It's part of the reason why he was traded, because he, you know, couldn't keep his emotions in check. I mean, we all remember uh, the kicking net saga. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Classic. sideline outbursts. And then the Josh Norman game is rookie year. So, like, he's, I don't know, he's kind of had a history now. And now he's doing it with the Browns, and he's, not not happy and not upset. And if it doesn't work out in two places, you kind of have to look at yourself as a team. It's like, well, yeah, this guy's really talented. But at this point, and with all these injuries, do we really want to take a risk on him? To, well, because we, how, how expensive he's going to be and how much attention he's going to demand for not only from like in within the locker room and from media. So like, there's a whole lot of factors of why I wouldn't want OBJ.
0: I think the injuries uh, overweigh everything else you just mentioned because I I think, yes, he did have those antics and stuff with the Giants. But, I mean, since since then, we really haven't heard of any, like, Odell, you know, throwing a helmet on the sideline or anything like that. But – and just – I know it's somewhat cliche, but I do think it's worth noting that, you know, the media – kind of portrays Odell, you know, doing stuff on the sideline as uh, overreacting or lashing out or throwing a temper tantrum. Meanwhile, if Tom Brady's on the sideline and he was to throw or kick a fucking net, throw his helmet, they're going to be like, that's the intensity right there. That's the drive. He wants to win, you know, like he's trying to get his team fired up type thing. So I think it's all about perspective with that kind of thing because, I mean, we don't really know – what's going on on the sideline. And yes, as an NFL organization or owner, the optics are important because you would have to deal with the bullshit in the media that comes along with it. But in the grand scheme of things, it seems like that really hasn't been that big of a problem for Odell lately. <laughs> you cut out. You still here? I'm still here. I
1: was doing some stuff. Um- So that brings me to my question, though, is which wide receiver do you think is more disgruntled right now? Um, Is Michael Thomas or OBJ? Because another big bombshell to come out over this week is that Michael Thomas isn't going to play anymore. And if you remember, he is big mad at the same because of the injury situation and some other stuff that's been going
0: on. Yeah, so I get it, but I also don't get it with the Michael Thomas. So. Yeah, like what of, happened? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like what the fuck's going on? If he needed this surgery, then why did he not agree to get this surgery six weeks ago? Why has he just been sitting on the sideline on the pup list? Like, well, I thought he already he already did get the surgery. He's getting another one. He's getting another one. Yeah, he's getting a surgery. That's that's like part.
1: That is why. But that was another. That was one of the things is he didn't get um, off season surgery and he got surgery when training camp started. And the Saints were like, "Hey, what the fuck? We told you to get the surgery in the off season." And then he was like, "Nah, whatever." Kind of like a little situation. Um, and then, uh, and and then I don't even know, but like he's mad, and I'm not really sure like what would happen.
0: But I think it's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Um, yeah, I think there's more behind with the Michael Thomas situation. I think there's a lot more behind the scenes stuff that we haven't really heard about. Like, there's got to be. But people are a lot of people were saying, like,
1: when he first went on the, the pup list, is that Michael Thomas doesn't want to be a saint anymore? Like, that was really talked about. And now that he's missing the rest of the year, I think it's very
0: possible that he asked for a trade in the offseason. I do too. And I wonder, I wonder if you know the Jameis in- injury had anything to do with it. I just thought about that. I highly doubt it, but I highly doubt it. May, may have played a part, I don't know. But to answer your question. As to which receiver I think is more disgruntled right now, I'm going to go with Michael Thomas because I think it's it's more of a shitstorm. It's more – there's more to unpack than we probably even know about. Uh, it's more confusing. He's – and I think in terms of value on the field for his his team, respectively, As, Michael Thomas is is a bigger miss than Odell is. And right now – is- his issues seem to be more long term as well than Odell's. So that's why I think it would be Thomas.
1: 100%. I agree. I think that, um, I think Odell might be a little bit more disgruntled. It's a little bit more public, but Michael Thomas is very much unhappy. And um, he does mean, like you said, he means a hell of a lot more to the Saints than Odell does to the Browns.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I, I wonder better. too. Like you mentioned, I, I wonder part of the reason if it seems as if Odell's situation is is maybe worse is just because it's been in the media more. Like, like Michael Thomas really isn't a big, massive media guy; doesn't always have to have the attention on him. He doesn't give a shit about that, so it seems like the media has also kind of not given a shit about it because there's nothing well, no juice there.
1: Odell's always been a focus in the media ever since he came in. So, yeah. That probably has something to do with it. Okay, but here's my next question. This is a fun one. Sticking so with the N- debates is yeah. Is so uh, when the first when the season first started, we all thought NFC West by far and away most kickass division in football. But now we're at week nine. What do you think
0: is the best division in the NFL right now? All right. I just I looked them up. I need a I need a visual. You know I'm a visual right. learner. I got to right. let's see. Um, cause I think
1: it's the AFC North.
0: See, I was actually going to make a case for that, but I thought you would call me bias. I think it's AFC North. Overall, I would say it's gotta be either the AFC North or the AFC West. AFC West? All around,
1: yes. AFC West is not, dude. I, Wait, I think they've. I think their stock has gone down because it has like, gone down at the first three weeks. You know, you, you had Denver, you had everybody, Chiefs. I don't think you know whatever Raiders could still potentially be frauds. So like, oh yeah, well, you know, two and zero with Basickia. Yeah, you played the Broncos and the Eagles. Like,
0: I mean, yeah, you're but- right, but at at this moment, like all around best. I mean, I would still actually go with the AFC North. Um, it's weird to say that the Steelers who are four and three are the weakest link of the division,
1: right? Cause they're and, still the thing about the Steelers, bro, is like, yeah, they're, they really don't have it, but they still got Mike Tomlin and they still have a hobbled version of big Ben, but every now and then they're going to get the job
0: done. Dude, they've been you know really I mean? hard to pin. Like they That's are what. a really hard team to predict and and everything. Cause they're slowing down. But they're still the fucking Steelers, you know? Yeah,
1: like, Steelers is just one of those teams that, like, you just don't really want your team to play either way.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, and we got to play them twice a year. No, I'm actually glad you said that, you know? Give us some respect, AFC think, North. Because the Ravens have been really, really good this year.
1: Um, The Bengals have had an upstart year, even though you all lost to the Jets. Don't care. Um, we don't need <laughs> Um, And then, like, I don't know. But I, I just – I think that all around, solidly, like – AFC North is the best division in football because the NFC East, like, come on. Cowboys and then the rest is dog shit. Um, And then AFC East, you know, the Bills are great. Uh, The Pats are getting better. And then Dolphins and Jets, no.
0: Yeah, Um, I, I think looking at the NFC, I'm trying to see like an NFC division that could compete. I mean, you could maybe argue the NFC South because like the bucks are obviously really good the saints show that they might be a lot better than we thought they were i mean they're fucking 5 and 2 and they just beat the bucks so right they might be decent panthers are 4 and 4 started out 3 and 0 even though the panthers did lose 4 in a row they still seem somewhat decent and the falcons can always be a little feisty yeah which they're, they're 3 and 4 kind of- which i thought they would be like 1 and 7 at this point based on how the <coughs> they started they're always kind of feisty. I think Arthur Smith is a decent head coach and like they're still you know they still have a good offense it's so if if I had to name one actually though right now i I would agree that I would say the AFC North it's just hard because I'm I try not to sound biased, but I mean that makes the most logical sense to me. I mean from top to bottom like depth wise
1: it is from top to bottom because like
0: yeah. NFC West you do have
1: like you know Rams and Cardinals right now We're two of the best teams of football two top 10 teams easily but you also have um the Niners who aren't very good they're still having health problems and can't really get their can't really get it right right now and then the Seahawks who without I'm sorry I just without Russell Wilson and I think their defense is not good enough for when Russ comes back for him to do enough to make a playoff push. I don't. Um, so wow, bro. Yeah, you don't
0: you don't believe in Geno, man? No. <laughs> no, but I agree. I mean, like talking top to bottom or top to bottom, like in the AFC North, there is no like, oh yes, we're playing them this week. You know what I mean? Whereas right. every other division kind of has that right now. Like, even with the AFC West, who I kind of made a case for, I would consider the Broncos like, a, oh, yes, we're playing the Broncos right now. Right. Right. Yeah, at, at this point in time, based on how they've been playing. And then, again, like with the NFC West, I would be happy to play the Niners or the Seahawks right now. Right. So, And then if you're the NFC East, you'd be happy
1: to play any of us except for the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, literally anybody other than the Cowboys. Like,
0: fucking Giants, let's go. No, I'd be happy to play the Cowboys just so uh... – just so we can settle the debate once and for all, you know, and just uh, prove that okay. the Bengals are better. No. No, I'm I'm um, not going to lie. The Cowboys are definitely better this year. We're awesome. At least right now. Um. so – Oh, wait. Actually, no, no. Let's let's have – let's make this a debate. This is a small debate. I just thought about this one. My buddy and I were arguing about this right before the podcast started. Um, who – and I feel like we're both going to be on polar opposite ends – what is the worst fan base to root for? Like, would you rather be a Bengals fan or a Cowboys fan in our generation? I'd rather be a Cowboys fan. Because I'd rather be a Bengals
1: fan. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we'd rather be it because that's what we are. I know, but
0: I'm talking like... If we could choose? Yeah, like starting over, I don't know. Because like, yes, it sucks to like not have playoff wins, but I feel like it would suck even more to be like, oh, America's team. We have so much expectations, that's and what I not, love about it. not win a single goddamn playoff game ever. That's what I love.
1: Well, not the playoff game part, but um, uh, yeah, I love two, doing two like appearances team. in the
0: last decade.
1: But I love it when the when the Cowboys are better, the NFL is better. I love that.
0: I d- I think when the Cowboys are like two and eight, that's when the NFL is better, because then it's just memes on the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, but when we're better, then viewership all around the country is better. So, I guess in that case, yeah, probably. Um, I'll still never understand why we have some of the best fans.
0: No, no, no. The most
1: loyal fans actually. Our fan base is trash, but
0: (laughs) I was about to say, if we're talking fan base, Bengals take the crown, bro. We're they're all nice Northerners, you know. No, they don't give a shit. They're not hostile at all exactly they're not (laughs) exactly they they can't make Uh, any arguments
1: um no i'm i'm happy but i am really worried right now because like oh my god we're doing so good and i know at some point in the back of my mind i'm like it's gonna crumble it's like but what if we win but then in the back of my mind it's like it's gonna crumble so but hopefully what's the current playoff picture let's see i think we're the two seed or the one seed i don't know there's
0: a bunch of teams that only have one loss right now So, I'm trying to see. For the NFC, it would be Cowboys and Saints. Okay, damn. I'm really trying to see a Cowboys-Packers round one game. That's what I want. No! That's what I want. No, we want to
1: face them in the NFC Championship. That's where Rodgers is weak. Oh, that's where Rodgers is weak? In the NFC Championship? Yeah, hell yeah. He's lost like, what, fucking 80 of them bitches?
0: We beat you guys in it last time. Nah, but not in the divisional round, yeah. No, he beat you guys in the. Oh, wait, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. He's beaten us in
1: the divisional round twice, twicey. So, yeah, if we <sighs> face him in the divisional round, we're fucked. But. I don't know. I want to see a, a championship, first we can I want to see a first round, bro. <laughs> I, I would be so upset. I'd be so <laughs> mad.
0: Uh, right now it has the Bengals uh slated to play the bills and i'm gonna be pretty fucking pissed if that's what happens
1: that's gonna be tough it's uh, gonna be really tough speaking of playoffs though
0: how would you feel if the cfp turned into a double sec double big 10 show the fact that this is a, a likely scenario right now really pisses me off and i fucking hate it and i hate the committee and i hate Everything they have built, uh, I love the playoff format. Love the fair—I would say fairness. I love the idea of fairness behind it. Uh, I just don't think it's <laughs> ever going to be achievable until we expand it to either eight teams or twelve teams. So, how would I feel? I would—I would hate it. I, I do not yeah. want to see this. Yeah, your whole—you're
1: saying like fairness. In theory, but fairness and not unfairness in reality is definitely making me think of communism again. Like I compared it to in our um, college football preview <laughs> episode. So, uh, which I stand by that. I, I stand fully behind that. Um, and another thing is, like, if that happens, like, you have to go to 12. You have to go to 12. Like, 100%, that.
0: like at least eight. Cause, like, in my, like, I'm totally happy with 12, and maybe that would be better. But in my ideal scenario, um, I have eight, eight team playoffs. You get the five power five conference champions automatically, those five. And then you get one group of five at large bid. So Cincinnati this year would automatically be in. And then you get those two extra teams to suck the committee's dick a little bit. Give them that Alabama. Give them that one loss Ohio State. Shove them in there. I don't care. You got the champions in there. You got the underdog that deserves a shot. That that's fine by me. But I mean 12 teams, even better, you know? Why not? Correct. Right. More the merrier. Okay. Yeah,
1: I agree. I think we're on the same page there. Yeah. Um,
0: so are the Warriors back? The Golden State Warriors? Yeah. I think so. I think they are, bro. I, I think once they get Jameis Wiseman back too, bro. Like not fully even healthy. Jameis.
1: Clay Thompson
0: both both like that's insane they're like what seven and one right now or six, six and
1: one six and one yeah
0: yeah on on top of uh on top of the west i believe right now right and they're without their second best player right and arguably no i'm not going to say wiseman's better than Draymond green but they're not. wiseman's I mean, very not. important wiseman's very important for them he so. could be good
1: yeah. um yeah, I think so. Steph is fucking killing it. He's averaging averaging close to twenty seven right now. He's got ninety seven percent from the free throw line
0: through seven games, which that's I mean, ridiculous. like,
1: not a huge sample size, but not anytime you see anything well above ninety percent, you are going to say, "Wow, that's awesome."
0: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, Steph too. That's kind of just what he does.
1: Yeah, so I think they're back. Um, they're definitely going to be. I could see them as a top three seed. Um, hopefully clay comes back and he doesn't have any more setbacks because a warriors team without kevin durant is something that i could get behind again like that
0: yeah i exactly exactly i really whenever the warriors were their dynasty you know i have absolutely nothing love steph i think every basketball fan loves steph nothing against clay thompson the splash brothers hell yeah make it rain steve kerr great dude great coach no problems there like but I will say I do think Draymond Green is a little bit annoying, yeah, in the media. But for sure, again, nothing to like completely hate the team over. But then Kevin Durant, bro, changed everything. Fuck KD till I die, yeah. bro. Yeah, that
1: was I definitely like I was a Warriors like I don't know I just enjoyed the Warriors like I liked them I wasn't like a fan I didn't buy any gear or anything but um, but then once they added KD, I
0: was like oh I literally don't care about those guys um yeah and i'm i'm like a lebron i'm a lebron fanboy, you could say and so i was uh you could say it yeah although i'm a heat fan i was riding with the cavaliers whenever they were in their back and forth finals you know trilogy yeah so it was like a healthy rivalry though like it wasn't like oh i hate the warriors it was more like oh i I can't wait to watch lebron play the warriors like that i want to see that so bad so yeah i think they are back this year and it's it's gonna I don't know. I would say surprise a lot of people, but then again, it's it's Steph Curry. It's Steve Kerr, you know, this, what they do. So.
1: Yeah. All right. And then here's one. I'm glad you added this one in there. So what is the
0: most entertaining of the non core four sports? This Is a really, really hard question. Even though I added it in there, I don't know if I have a set in stone answer. I have mine. I think I do. Um, So, obviously, core four, we're talking hockey, baseball, basketball, football. So So anything outside of that. So you got tennis, golf, um, F1. I'm split between two right now. Um, Uh, I don't see. I would say soccer, but, but, like, I don't know. Even though it's technically not an American core four sport, I would consider, like, soccer up there as, like, a mainstream type sport. Yeah, that's definitely
1: a mainstream type sport. So I thought soccer was in the core four. No, nah, it's it's hockey, baseball, basketball, football. Oh, you're right. I'm st- I'm dumb. my <laughs> America, yeah. baby.
0: Yeah. Uh. Oh. So I would say soccer, but for the sake of the argument, in terms of like non-major sports per se, um, I'm gonna say UFC. Got to go with MMA. Really? Yeah. That's
1: a good pick. Yeah. That's a really good pick. Although for me, I gotta go golf. I, I was thinking you were going to go with golf, yeah. I got to go golf. I just I just enjoy watching it. It's a ca- it's a good casual watch and then it's somebody who plays golf. It's, you know, if you don't play golf and you hate that pick, there's I know why because I used to not play golf and I didn't give a shit about golf, but as soon as I started playing golf, I started liking golf a whole lot more. Um so it's definitely just something you have to play to appreciate more. Um and it's just I don't know. It's just good to watch. It's entertaining, especially when you get to the playoffs cuz like or like the majors. Because guys, like, really want to win that. Sometimes in the NFL, like, I think there really are some guys that, like, as soon as they get paid, they kind of don't give a shit. But in golf, they're always going for that money. And they want the glory. And it's all on them. It's And it, it really does provide for some of the best drama in sports.
0: I, I find it kind of funny, though, that you chose, like, golf as the most entertaining. Because although I do agree with those points, because I, as well... Began appreciating watching golf a lot more once I started playing it and like you know watching their stroke technique and all this stuff. But in terms of entertainment wise, I feel like I don't know. It's just like pretty slow. Like yeah, no like razzle dazzle type things. I don't know. It's hung. It's hangover TV,
1: and sometimes that's the best TV in my opinion. Just to kind of you know look up, maybe play on your phone a little bit, look back up, enjoy. Inter- entertainment can. Really be enjoying yourself. But I really I really like your pick in the UFC because that didn't even enter my brain as like sport. Cause I don't I really don't associate combat sports with other sports for some reason, even though I am a big UFC fan. Mm-hmm. It's just something that just doesn't click with my brain. But uh no, I agree. Like I've you know, since the pandemic, I've watched every single UFC numbered event. Um and I've even, you know, watched a couple of the Saturday night fight nights when I can. Or just when they're on, usually doing stuff Saturday night. Yeah, same. Like if it's so, not like
0: a numbered event, I'll watch it if I can. But yeah, it's never a major deal. But I mean,
1: like it's a great product. Dana White is like for uh, for like commissioners or guys who run their sports. He is definitely like top tier. Top tier, like top two. If not I'd say one.
0: He's, I'd probably say he's number one. Honestly, it'd be him or Adam Silver. Yeah, I'd agree. I would agree. I agree. Those so, are definitely the top two. Um.
1: Like he he knows what he's doing. He makes the right decisions every single time, which is um, what we're about to talk about because he definitely knows what we're gonna he's doing for this Saturday, bro. Yes, Square sir.
0: Beautiful transition there into UFC 268 this weekend because Dana White is the gift that keeps on giving. This man has put together. Yet again, a absolute must-watch card. Uh, If you haven't heard about it yet, holy shit, you are missing out. You got to watch it this weekend. We got Kamaru Usman versus Colby Covington in a rematch for the welterweight belt. We got Thug Rose, baby. We have mentioned it multiple times. She is probably the Going the Distance podcast favorite fighter. You know, just our podcast. Yeah, number one fighter. Thug Rose always rooting for her against Zhang Wei Li, the absolute Oh, I'ma just let it let it play. Uh, Best yeah. fucking intro song ever uh, no, for her. Nah, 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 nah. What?
1: McGregor's um Irish song.
0: Oh, what? Okay. I mean, I guess, yeah. I, th- I don't know, dude. The Rose in Harlem just gets you going, bro. Which song is that, by the way? Oh, I do know. The you Do with
1: it. Sinead O'Connor. I was going to say, I, I know, know. What you're talking was, about, but I don't know. I listen to the
0: gym all the time. Pump. But anyway, Thug Rose going against Whaley. Uh, for the strawweight title, that is going to be a rematch, actually. They literally both fought each other in their mm-hmm. last fight on Usman's last card. So both these guys are out again together. And then we got another must-watch fight, which I actually, it's really hard for me to pick which fight I'm most excited for. I have no idea, but it might be this one. Justin Gacy and Michael Chandler, two knockout artists. Hold on, I'm just going to get through the card, then we can talk about the fights. We got Freddie Edgar against Marlon Vera, Shane Burgos against Billy Carantillo. I honestly am not too familiar with him, but Burgos is a dog. And Arunco. that is the main card. We also got a few big names as well on the prelims, like Al Iaquinta, long time UFC veteran. But man, this is a stacked. I mean, it's a good card. It's a very solid card. Yeah, from from those top, top to bottom. Fights. Let's start Especially, with um. Wait, what are you
1: gonna say? Just those three fights, dude. Like those. This might be probably one of the most stacked, like well-rounded, um, big three fights that I've seen in a in a minute
0: yeah no yeah let's There's quality uh, let's go ahead and talk like more in detail a little bit about just because i mean you know F- frankie edgar malin vera those are that's going to be a good fight but the show is here for the top three uh everybody's right. here to watch top three so first right. off let's start our work from the bottom work up justin gaethy and michael chandler is going to be a slug fest if you like haymakers if you like big bombs you like you don't give a shit about fundamentals and you want to see people get knocked out. Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler is the fight for you. This is going to be amazing. How are you feeling, though, about uh, the odds? You know, the who's favored and whatnot?
1: Gaethje minus 220, Chandler plus 180. Um, I probably wouldn't do this in a single bet just because, I don't know, I don't like doing anything over minus
0: 200. Like that's Me neither, bro. UFC single bets it. are hard. They're hard. They're hard. Heard. They're you got to do. They're hard.
1: You got to do parlays, bro. You got to do parlays. Um. So, I don't know. I I agree with you. I do think Gaethje is probably the clear favorite. Um. He hasn't fought in a while, though. Yeah, it's been like a year. Um, but I mean, I still remember Joe Rogan talking about him, and he's like he called Justin Gaethje scary talking about him and his technique and how he fights. He's like, he's a bad man. I I think he
0: he really is in terms of like intimidation. There are very few. I mean, I would be terrified to get in the ring with anybody, but like (laughs) there are very few fighters to where like, I would be intimidated just to stand next to them. Justin Gaethje is one of those guys. Like he's right. Even though he's a nice guy, like, you know, he's like kind of very, you know, uplifting in the media and everything not like a super big dick but he's just scary i don't know what it is man um yeah in his last fight you know like he fought khabib
1: which nobody (laughs) can beat khabib so he probably you know could be the
0: champion yeah that's that's a really interesting factor in because the lightweight championship race or not race but situation the title situation is fucked because you got khabib retired That sent everything out of whack. You got Dana forced an early fight for a belt with Oliveira and Chandler. And then you got Dana also, this is kind of the only time I'll knock Dana because he did fuck up the lightweight division. He forced the Poirier and McGregor trilogy. That really shouldn't have happened in terms of the championship. And then now you got Justin Gaethje who's not even fighting for the belt because he came off a loss that in a fight he wasn't even supposed to be fighting. Like he took that fight against Khabib six weeks notice like that fucking that's balls dude that's just pure respect I don't care how bad you lose that is Khabib Nurmagomedov the best of the best like good just respect I mean nobody else is going to do that so it's also before that Khabib fight he was coming off two big wins he had beat Donald Cerrone and also beat Tony Ferguson who was widely considered as one of the best so
1: yeah Tony Ferguson's really good
0: yeah, he came off. Um, some oh, big I watched. Wins.
1: Oh, I watched that Ferguson fight. I remember that he beat the shit out of
0: him. Dude, <laughs> Gaithy was just going in, bro. Like it honestly wasn't even close. Yeah, his face just—it was just one of those UFC
1: fights where the guy's face was just all blue. It, the uh, the eyes, you know, were puffy, and it was—it was just not the good side.
0: Yeah, um, exactly. But bro, Tony Ferguson will never get knocked out, and like the hell will freeze over before Tony Ferguson gets knocked out.
1: Right, I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then we haven't even talked about his opponent, Michael Chandler, who beat the shit out of Dan Hooker, which that loss is looking less and less impressive as time goes on. But yeah. Because um, that's really since that fight, Dan Hooker's been on the decline. Yeah, one um, and but two. But he strengths. did do a backflip after he beat up Dan Hooker, which is really cool. That um, was sick. <laughs> it also
0: scared me that he was going to get hurt, though.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then he fought, and he had a title fight.
0: Yeah, with uh, Oliveira. Yeah, so... Wild um, to think that this man has only had two UFC fights, and one of them was for a belt, and now his second one is potentially for the title shot. I mean, if he beats Gathe, who knows? He might get the shot. He might get another shot. Yeah, especially after... Because Poirier is going to fight Oliveira, right? Yeah, well, Oliveira is the current... Yeah, that, that's the whole thing that's fucky with it. Because Olivier is the current champion. Poirier is the one, the number one contender. Gaethi is number two. So, like, in my opinion, Poirier deserves the title shot over anybody else. Yeah, give it to Poirier. Yeah, I think so. But at the same time, you could make a case, though, that if Gaethje wins this fight convincingly, that he deserves it. Because before the Khabib fight, Gaithy was in line. It was, it was he was going to be up next. Yeah, he was so, supposed
1: to be, damn, he shouldn't have.
0: Well, Khabib was the title fight, right? Yes, it was. So he stepped Okay, so that's in. why yeah. he took it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that is why yeah. he took it. But I, I don't know. It, it may have been a bad move on his part to take it. He definitely earned my respect. So, but no, just with Chandler, it's crazy to see that he's already like at the top of the ranks. Yeah, but he was a big UFC signing. Mean, they wanted him to come in firing out hot,
1: and yeah. you know which they've done. Hopefully, not too long though. What division is Patty the Batty in?
0: Good question, actually. Patty the Batty, I think he might be a uh, middleweight.
1: Oh, damn. Okay.
0: Let me see. I was about to say. Patty the Batty weight division. Oh, no way. Is he a lightweight? He's a lightweight, baby. Fuck. Yes. Fuck,
1: yes, dude. 100%. That is. 100%. There's lightweight. Lightweight is by it.
0: far the best division. It always oh, is. 100%. 100%. Always. Stat. Okay. Right. Next up. Yeah. Moving on. I'll let you introduce your girl.
1: Thug Rose, baby. I love Thug Rose. <laughs> I don't even know why I like her so much. I just like her. I like watching her fight. Um she got bald head.
0: <laughs> Bro, and she's like she kicked the shit out of the who'd she fight last time? Zhang. Last this is a rematch. This is Direct a rematch? rematch. Oh shit. Yeah, oh. she fought Zang. Uh yeah, she had that head kick knockout in the last that's fight. Right,
1: that's right.
0: Yeah, 78 seconds into the fight.
1: Oh, thug rose, baby. Thug rose, baby. <laughs> Um uh, yeah, I like I like Thug Rose in the in this fight to beat Zang. Um Zang's a pretty damn good fighter though. Um, but yeah, I you know that's all I gotta say though. Just her nickname. That's what I think that's what gets me.
0: Thug Rose. Thug Rose. Yeah, no, honestly, I mean her whole persona is like it's very hard not to like her because she is such a badass, like, doesn't give a fuck in the ring. and but she's then, so in the interviews, so, yeah, yeah, like soft spoken.
1: Uh huh. And then her, she's so like frail and tiny. Yeah. Then would you just when you see her land a punch on somebody, you're just like, holy shit! It's Like where did that come
0: from? Yeah. Yeah. So she's she's awesome. Bro, wait, I'm gonna say it. Rose is kind of bad, bro. If she had hair, Rose is kind of bad. If she had hair, yeah. Even even without the hair, bro. I think even without the hair, she's. she's Have you cute. seen her with her hair though? No. You should look that up right now thug rose hair because she yeah because she used to have like a full head of hair and she i mean like Paige van zant yeah wait oh i forget yeah van zant was pretty it was pretty track van zant was a model yeah
1: oh yeah thug rose
0: is cute anyway (laughs) back to the actual fight itself but this is by far like without a doubt the biggest fight of thug rose's career uh, she's already had a belt before with her last fight beating Zhang, She became the first female fighter to ever reclaim a championship after losing a belt. That's already impressive as is, but she needs to. This fight is for Thug Rose to prove to the world that she is the real deal. And that was not a fluke knockout against Zang. Because even though I love Thug Rose, that was a fluke knockout versus Zang. <laughs> it, yeah. it really kind of was. A little bit, but I think she gets full credit for it. She can. I know she should. She should definitely. I'm. I just. I want to see it go all five rounds, though. I it's want not, Thug to win in all five rounds.
1: Yeah, but it's not. It, it's not like um what Peter Yan, you know, kicking your boy in the face to win his title. Oh yeah, kneeing Sterling in the fucking head while he was down. Yeah, because he was yeah. winning that fight. Oh for sure. Yeah, Sterling looked out heavy on that. Yeah, it was okay though cuz had money on Sterling. I did too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh and last up we have our Usman v Covington. Um Usman, I've watched all of his fights since the Masvidal fight and he's a bad man.
0: dude, yeah.
1: He is just you could just tell whenever he fights that he's just on another level than any other fighter.
0: Yeah, it is It is so blatant too. like we've talked about, you know, Connor back in his heyday. He was he was great. But Kamaru is so great that it's at the point where it's boring. Like he is so much better than everybody else in the welterweight division. that It's just boring. Like there's yeah, there's no worries for him.
1: Honestly, like Kamaru at where he's at now is basically about where Khabib was during his heyday. I would agree. No, I would agree. Because, like, when, when Khabib is going, it's like, all right, this division is stacked, but nobody can beat Khabib. And yeah. Kamara was like that, too. But the thing about Kamara is that he could do it in any which way he wants to. He could wrestle. He could strike. He could do whatever. He could, you know, whatever whatever he's got to do to beat his opponent. Opponent, He'll foot stomp for five straight rounds. <laughs> he got to. Um, I mean, he'll, he'll do what it takes, and he'll get the dub, man.
0: Yeah, and I, I think, like, the craziest part is – and I hope I explain this correctly because I, I know what I'm trying to say, but it's hard to figure out the wording. But, like, from the time he became champion to now, oh. he has improved drastically more than he improved from the time signing in the UFC to becoming champion, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. already as a champion, he has oh. just gotten levels and levels beyond, beyond where he was, Level which is, serious? like, it's crazy. Um, How many – Title defenses has he had?
1: I think he's at five now. Let five. me see. Five, holy shit, that's a lot, dude.
0: I think that's he's at a five because he's done it against Masvidal twice, right? So one, yeah, he's at five defenses. This will be his sixth. um He took he's... the belt from Woodley, defended it against Covington, defended it against Masvidal twice, and against Gilbert Burns, who's a bad man. Yes. Yeah. So
1: beat the shit out of Gilbert Burns too. Yeah,
0: (laughs) exactly, dude.
1: Like he fucking little. He he told him little boy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so and then other than that, in his division, ooh, actually, you know who I do want to see Usman fight is Leon Edwards. That would be a good fight. Even though Usman would beat the shit out of him, I still want to see him fight Leon Edwards.
1: I hope Usman gets like ten title defenses and then just calls it quits. He.
0: He literally might. I mean, it, it might be that. And he'll probably get rematches with half of them because the whole reason, you know, they're rematching Covington is one, yes, the media hype for the fight, but also, I mean, if anybody in the welterweight division was gonna give Usman a run for his money, it's Colby Covington. He's he's really the only person that can compete with Usman's mm. ground and pound style. And like mm. you said though, Usman has developed into where he's so versatile so well-rounded he can strike as well but if it goes on the ground covington can actually compete and he covington might actually have the upper hand in some wrestling maneuvers rather than just straight up ground and pound so i think it'll be the best fight we've seen yet because in their first fight uh usman was was beaten up i mean usman got his eye hit He, he was swelling up covington did some damage but usman was in control the whole time. So. It's, it's hard to, to pick against Usman, for sure. I would like to say it's going to be a, a really entertaining fight. Will it actually? I don't know. Because, um, you know, Covington, he used to be on the top of his game last time these guys fought. He was super popular in the media, mostly for being hated. I'm sure you have probably seen him with his Make America Great Again hat on and his whole Trump persona. And I feel like it's kind of just died down now that Trump isn't as relevant. He's been less relevant. Mm-hmm. But regardless, I think he's the only person in the division that stands a legitimate chance against Usman. Yeah. Uh, you got parlay for, for Saturday night? Oh, okay. Parlay? I do. I'm – like I said, though, like with – UFC, I always prefer doing parlays uh, instead of straight bets. I'm going to pull it up just so I can make sure I'm not misquoting myself. So I know for sure I've got Kamara Usman money line. I don't care how steep it is. Throw that in there. Usman's winning the fight. Kamara Usman money line. Then I got Justin Gaithy money line. I think he comes out on top, even though it's going to be a slugfest. And then last but not least, I'm going with Shane Burgos money line minus 190. And the reason I'm taking Burgos is because I know what kind of fighter he is. And I've never heard of Billy Carantillo. And maybe that's on me. But if I've never heard of him, how good can he be? you know? So I'm taking that uh, two and a half units to win five units. Nice. Um, I'm doing um, – it's kind of a – I mean, if,
1: just basically my three picks for the three biggest is I got gagee Thug Rose, and Mon uh since thug rose is at plus 100 on my book um it was it's like a little under plus 300 so it's like um i did a one unit to win like almost three like two dollars off of three units so it's like plus 290 or something like that 40 it's like 15 i I did 15 to win like 43 and some change nothing crazy but you know figured why not a little bit more juicy yeah no i'm I'm definitely going to
0: take thug rose on a straight bet too Okay. But I was a little bit more nervous
1: to put her in a parlay. Understandable. Understandable. Yeah, but her odds are okay enough to take in a straight bet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which usually with UFC, they're definitely not. It's the exact
1: opposite. All right, All
0: right. Well, speaking of betting, let's hit it. Taylor Fade time, baby. Taylor
1: Fade. I don't have her records for last week. Uh, I just know that I did very bad, but I, that could be excused. I don't really remember making those picks. So,
0: maybe we'll, add, you it got. Up. we'll add it up next week. So, Oh fuck me! I just got a score notification. The Colts are winning forty-two to ten, and I have money on the Jets plus ten.
1: Sick. Yep, that's why I didn't do it because I was dude. about to, and then I checked um, who the bets were on, and it said like sixty-seven percent of the bets were on the Jets, and I was like, that's never a good sign, so I stayed away.
0: I mean, you're right; it's not a good sign, but I don't know. I was I was delusional because they beat the fucking Bengals, but yeah. Anyway. All right, college. I'll start with college football, then go to the NFL. First up, I'm taking Maryland plus 10 at home against Penn State. I think the James Franklin train has left the station in Happy Valley. Uh, Their focus is all out of whack. They've lost three games straight. Their season's done. Even if they win, Maryland can compete. Uh, I'm going to fade. All right. I still think that um,
1: Penn State can be – it's just a better team in general than Maryland. So
0: they are, but I don't yeah. know. Their offense is just so slow. Just but. the amount of recruits. Sometimes you know, stars add up. You're definitely right. I mean, even, even if they are struggling this year, they still have the number one recruiting class of next year. So right. Um, all right, show me what you got next. All right. We got I'm going Kentucky money line minus one ten versus Tennessee. This game is a pick'em. It blows my mind that it's a pick'em. Sure, Kentucky's lost two straight. I think they're still way better than Tennessee, and they're at home. Yeah, get it right game. They're at home. I'm going to tell. All right. Next up, I'm going Big 12, the opposite of the stereotype. I'm going Oklahoma State at West Virginia under 49. This is a, a new defensive brand of football under Mike Gundy, so I'm taking the under. I'm going to third. All right. You know me in the overs. especially big 12 um all right next up i'm going clemson at louisville over 46 and a half i don't care how bad clemson's offense has been this year louisville has like an average of 60 something points scored per game with their opponents' scores combined so clemson's offense they got better last week against fsu so and and they got to hit it over at some point
1: so i'm gonna tail on this one too yeah, I got it. That's why I took. That's why I bet on him last week. I was like, they got to cover
0: a spread eventually. Yeah, which I, got bailed out on. I, yeah, a hundred percent got bailed out on. Um, all right, last one. Last but not least, I'm going NC State at minus two and a half at Florida State. This line is really small, in my opinion. Florida State's still really bad, so it kind of yeah. blows my mind. Uh, I'm gonna tail. I right. like NC State over Florida State, hundred percent. Yeah, especially
1: at only two and a half. All right, so with my bets, I kind of thought you know, some that I liked and some. I looked at the bets that I liked and I was like, you know what? Let's gonna give Ryan the biggest headache. <laughs> so um first up, I got Mizu plus thirty nine at Georgia. See,
0: I actually had this this picked out as well before I saw okay. you had it and. I looking at the rest of your picks, yes, I they're all gonna give me a fucking headache. But this one I actually do like a lot. Tail. I'm gonna tail. I think that's way too big of a spread.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think you know, obviously Georgia's gonna win.
0: No, yeah, obviously. Good. Like,
1: no duh. Like whatever. But they gotta they gotta not cover at some point, right? Exactly. It's it, pretty hey, big.
0: I took Back- uh South Carolina. I had South Carolina plus thirty-one and they lost by twenty-nine to Georgia. Yeah. So and then so, but also, like, um, they could, this game could easily go to like
1: 28, 35, nothing. They put the backups in, and this game turns out to be like 42 to 10.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's same philosophy. They got to put the backups in eventually.
1: Bang. All right. Uh, next up, Michigan State minus three at Purdue.
0: <sighs> this one, this one is probably the biggest headache of them all because Michigan State is such the obvious pick. Like I, I'm so confident that Michigan State will win this game, but why the fuck is it only a three point spread? And also, Purdue is two and zero at home against AP top five teams with their current head coach, <laughs> which kind of scares me. But I'm I'm not I'm trying to not fall for the trap because I feel like this is a trap line. But I don't care sparty's the better team i'm gonna tail all right
1: next up i got lsu plus 20 and a half at bama edo's last time with the tigers facing the crimson tide um it's a huge spread i think that they could maybe make it a game um and see what the hell is going down so yeah
0: go tigers oh, this is hard bro <laughs> go Tigers! This one's really hard. I because it makes me like, why the fuck is it 28 and a half points? That's so much, dude. Like fuck it. I'm gonna fade. I'm gonna go with Bama. I don't know. All
1: right. It's
0: fair. Um
1: Okay, next up, Liberty plus nine and a half at Ole miss. We got a Hugh Freeze revenge game. Taking Hugh Freeze. Plus nine and a half
0: with Liberty. Um Malik Willis, right? Yeah, Malik Willis. They've been, uh, they've been, they've been okay. They've been playing well, not as good as last year. Ole Miss has kind of been back and forth in terms of the spread. They're at home though. I would much rather take the first half spread in this game because it would right. be like Ole Miss minus four or something. But right. I'm still, I'm still gonna fade it. I think Ole Miss can cover.
1: All right. Next up. <laughs> I know I've stayed away from putting TCU in our Taylor Fade segment, but I think our team is going to have a lot of emotion, and here's what made me put it in. So, GPAT's leaving. Players are going to want to do this for GPAT. Baylor's our biggest rival. We're at home, but here's what sets this bet over the moon is we're wearing
0: the gray and red jerseys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, honestly. You can't argue with that. Enough said. TCU Moneyline,
1: if you if you can
0: I am 100% going to tail this. Uh, Although I am not super confident TCU wins the game, I am really confident that TCU can keep it close for all those reasons you just listed. Uh, Most importantly, the GP news, I think they're going to play their hearts out. They're going to want to win for him, get this win. It's Baylor, fuck Baylor. A bowl game is still on the line. If they win this game, they can still make a bowl game. So a lot to play for. Right. All right. Uh, Heading to the NFL now. I'll start us off. I got Falcons plus six and a half on the road in New Orleans. Uh, I think New Orleans is going to win the game, but not cover. Trevor Simeon starting, right? Yeah. he need Falcons. I'm going to tell. All right. Next up, I'm taking... Vikings at Ravens under 50 I've been loving the Vikings unders lately and they're going against another run first team I think this could be a lot of clock chew you know what I'm gonna fade Ravens are gonna clown them I could actually I wouldn't be too surprised um all right anyway next up I got Chargers at Eagles over 49
1: Oh, easy tail.
0: Right, dude. They've been scoring left and right. Like yeah. I love that line. And
1: if the chargers blow them out, the Eagles are so good
0: in garbage time. Yeah, exactly. Right. All right. Now, this pick is strictly because I think it's a trap game. Uh, it's 49ers Cardinals. Obviously, Cardinals are seven and one. They should be the the obvious pick. But for some reason, Vegas has the 49ers favored So I'm taking 49ers minus two at home against the Cardinals.
1: See, I did this last week with the Colts um, against the Titans. I had that same philosophy. So I'm going to fade for that reason. It
0: didn't work out out for me. All right. And then last but not least on my NFL card, I'm going with the Chicago Bears at the Steelers under 39. I know this is a ridiculously ugly low total. I don't care. I'm betting you under. This is gonna be like a, a 13 to seven game.
1: Fuck it. You know what? I've faded every single one unders. So let's just keep the trend going. Let's go over. You're going over? Fade. All right. Fade. Uh, faded it. Is. Fade. All right. Let's hear yours. Okay. First up I got Pats minus three and a half
0: at the Panthers. I also had this one on my card, almost added it in before I saw you had it, so I'm gonna tail that one heavily. Next up, we got Jordan Love's first ever start at the Chiefs. He's
1: got seven and a half points in his favor. I've got him. I think he's going to get it. I love
0: it, dude. I'm telling it. I love it 100%. Yeah,
1: Jordan a Love, channel, ride the dude. hype train. Seven, Even if he doesn't get the win, seven and a half is just too many points for a team like the Packers. And Jordan Love was good in preseason
0: Yeah. Um, and in relief. So maybe he's like actually good. Yeah, uh, I feel he, like they're either going to be a really close game or he's going to suck and they're going to lose by 20. Like No in-between. <laughs> Next up, I got Tennessee plus 7.5 at the Rams. I'm going to nervously fade this one. I think uh, there's going to be an adjustment period without Derrick Henry. Rams are going to take advantage of it.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: Um, And then I'm just going to – this might be one of my favorite bets.
1: I feel like a genius for doing this. Giants (laughs) plus 3.5 versus the Raiders. They're playing in the noon slot. The Raiders are a West Coast team. We all know how West Coast teams fare in the noon slot while playing on the East Coast. Also, you have to consider, this might be a little bit of fade the public, because I probably can guarantee you that most of an overwhelming amount of the bets are going to be on.
0: 73% of the bets are on the Raiders. Oh, yeah, I'm heavily tailing that. I already liked this line before you even mentioned that West Coast thing. Uh, That actually makes a lot of sense. It's a, definitely a trend to follow in betting, so I'm gonna tail that one heavily. All right, last up. I seriously don't know how I feel about this bet, but
1: I'm, <laughs> i It's one of my picks, man. Uh, Dolphins minus five and a half versus the Texans. They got. They got to
0: you know get a dub against somebody, right? You're yeah, right. Yeah. They got to get a dub, but I'm gonna fade baby. Tyrod Taylor's coming back. I, I think he's gonna get the cover, even though the Dolphins might win a close, close game. It's crazy, though, that the Dolphins and the Texans are like at the same, you know, they're at the same record whenever people had the Dolphins pegged as a potential playoff team. Yeah. Yeah. It's just wild. But and the fact that they almost traded for Deshaun Watson this week. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But we're not going to talk about that because I said I wasn't going to. All
0: right. Well, that is going to do it for this week's episode. Got a huge, huge, huge card in the UFC this weekend. Stay tuned on our Twitter. I'm sure we'll be live tweeting some of those fights and whatnot over at GTB underscore Sports. But until then, thank you all for watching, and we will be back here live again on Tuesday, back to normal time at eight o'clock. Elijah, any last minute comments?
1: Um, yeah, man. Have a good weekend.
0: I love it. All right, we're leaving it there. All right, see you all on Tuesday.